Tone Deaf is the journey of a theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. I'm sorry for me. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the show we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. Rawr, and I'm Warren Raptor, the musically challenged dinosaur. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I love you. <laughs> I would have riffed on it, but it took me by surprise, and I haven't had enough coffee. <laughs> Yeah, see, I'm so sorry. You, you don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know I'm, what you're gonna I'm do. A, I'm a wild card. Wild card, Warren. <laughs> maybe at the end half of this episode, I'll be in her before. Maybe, maybe you will be. What the hell noise was that? Uh, <laughs> tried to make some kind of animal noise. It sounded more like. A fart question escaping my flap hole. Well, enough of this awkwardness. Oh, tell, our, tell our wonderful listeners about today's episode, Kay. Well, well, if you turn into an herbivore, it will be warranted because, uh, haha, <laughs> warranted, uh, because we are doing the Land Before Time 10, the Great Long Neck Migration. So, the Great Valley will have to deal with more immigrants yet again. Maybe more immigrants. Who knows? Coming it's so to the Great Valley. Weird the way that this to take all their tree stars and drink all Jesus their water, Christ, Warren, <laughs> and send it back home. Fucking hell! Just can't they just stay in their own valleys and eat the dirt? twigs that are not growing there why do they gotta come to other people's valleys and take all their food and water jesus christ the valley's full okay no more no more people come into the valley <laughs> next next herd that comes to the valley tell them the valley's full they can't come in fucking hell <laughs> ah christ so <laughs> I had this whole thing prepared because I wasn't expecting you to go that route, and I should have. <sighs> well, I, I, Christ. I can't be too predictable. No, I, I don't no, know. You can't. <laughs> I, I just am random. But... Wild card Warren. <laughs> <laughs> See, I try to be random, but I only have so many ways I can be random, and so I become very predictable predictable in mm. my randomness. <laughs> well, okay, so. <sighs> On to the episode about this, because there is migration, there are long necks, but it's not quite what you're thinking. But this is one of the best movies of the sequels. Everybody pretty much agrees about this. Uh, even I agree, even with a very stupid thing that's kind of the... It, it, I don't know, I find it stupid, and maybe I'll like it more now, but... the. There's kind of a subplot that I think is really dumb. <laughs> um, 
And again, it could be cooler now that I'm older. I mean, but when I was a kid, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" So I mean, you're not a big fan of the subplot, but we know you love the Dom plot. <laughs> Christ. So, <laughs> this movie is going to answer a few questions that are brought up even in the first film that you didn't know you were asking, and it has a lot of heart to it, even if it retreads a plot a plot type that has shown up three times now in this series. Hmm. The only difference is it does it better. Uh, we <laughs> Third also, time's the charm. Yes. Uh, we also have Kiefer Sutherland in this as one of the characters. He is the son of the narrator in Pokey Little Puppy. So we have a Pokey Little Puppy connection, Warren. Oh, Ke okay. God damn it. Me and actors are sitting here going Kiefer Sutherland. I know I know that name. What do I know him from? But yes, so so President Snow makes a an appearance in this. No, President Snow's son. Oh, Kiefer Sutherland, who was in Twenty Four. Is that guy Donald? Wait, Donald it? Sutherland was in Pokey okay. Little Puppy. Donald Donald Sutherland <laughs> is the dad. Yes. Kiefer. What? <laughs> Three degrees of Pokey Little uh, Puppy. What is Kiefer? I don't know. I need to see what Kiefer Sutherland looks like. Uh. Dude from 24. Uh, oh, that, that fucker. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that dude. That that guy. So he's in this. And we also have another two-time tone-deaf alumnus, now three-time tone-deaf alumnus, Bernadette Peters. <gasps> Bernadette's in this? Yes, she, she is in this as Sue the Supersaurus. I like that. So so back on Kiefer Sutherland's character in this, is he like a, uh, a rogue long neck who waterboards, you know, <laughs> other long necks for information and breaks all the rules because he's got he's above the rules because he's got an important mission that would be really fucked up but no <laughs> um he's he's going to be playing the character brawn really imagine really I'm, uh clever name i mean <laughs> initially i heard brawn and i just thought her like strong but now mm. i'm going oh brontosaurus yep yep it's for brontosaurus um but i don't want to get too much into details about this movie because i don't want to spoil it more than it's already kind of been spoiled <laughs> um, you mean in that i kind of guess you that... kind of guess some parts of it but we're not going <laughs> to talk about it instead we are going to talk long necks so uh, aka sauropods <laughs> Hey, that's that's very uh, that's very that's that's a very good connection that you have because uh, according to the Land Before Time wiki, we will be meeting Brachiosaurus alongside Apatosaurus. More on this in a sec because <laughs> I finally let myself go down the Brontosaurus Apatosaurus rabbit hole, Supersaurus and Ultrasaurus, Soros. Ultrasauros. <gasps> Soros. There's a... Uh -oh. God damn it. There. So we'll get into that later, but Super that is Sor a species that no longer exists. I, got, Warren, no. I just cracked Christ. it open. I cracked Jesus it open, Kay. Christ, Warren, no. Super Soros is the one who's funding all of the migrant dinosaurs to come into the Great Valley. He's I knew. Behind I it knew all. that you were going to do that. Fuck. <laughs> and I still went there. <laughs> Okay, so, <laughs> our three main actual dinosaurs that we see in this movie are going to be in the Neosauropoda clade. Um, 
well, three, technically four, we'll get into why technically four. Um, all except for our Brachiosaurus will be in the same family of Diplodocidae, uh, with the last ones being in the subfamily Apatosaurini, and the third being in Diplodocidae. Uh, the third is Supersaurus, which is <laughs> the, type ge- the type genus and species Supersaurus vivani, was discovered in the Colorado portion of the Morrison Formation in 1972. Um, Only a few bones were found, and the species was described by James A. Jensen using the extremely large scapulocoracoid scapulocoracoid, called BYU-9025. This bone was about 8 feet long. For a short time, there was discussion that this was just a large specimen of Barosaurus, but later it was determined that these specimens were different enough to be a new species. I understood Supersaurus. Okay! <laughs> Basically, Supersaurus, <laughs> big sauropod. Big, that long they weren't neck. Sure it, big, long neck, that they weren't sure if it was its own species. They, they found a leg bone. And they didn't know if it belonged to this big well, long neck. Well, they found neck. a scapula. Oh. So the scapula coroid, or scap, sorry, you said an eight foot long bone, so I assumed that it no was worries. a leg bone. No worries. It was the scapula coracoid, so right here on your chest. Like a collarbone. Yeah, like a giant fucking collarbone. And then uh, more fossils were discovered in Wyoming in 1986, which produced a specimen that was 30% preserved. And you can find a vertebra, which is labeled BYU 9044, and the pelvis, BYU uh, 130185, at the Museum of Ancient Life at Thanksgiving Point in Lehigh, Utah, which is one of the best prehistoric life museums in the state. You know, I will agree. We've we've been there before. And yeah. It's, it's, it's a good one. It is my favorite. Um, just for the... Oh, and the Utah Natural History Museum is it's pretty good. good, too. It's pretty good, but I really like how they have it laid out at the Museum of Ancient Life, where you start at the Big Bang and work your way through. Like, they don't quite do as much with the Big Bang, but they sort of do a, okay, we go here, and now we walk through the Star Gallery, and now we go into the scary giant bugs. You, you know, I harp and on... And you walk past Strabatolites and I stuff. I harp on our state a lot because of the... the the underlining theocracy that, mm. we, that we often deal with. And so I'm always so surprised that we don't run into, like, a Kansas situation yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> Because... <laughs> I am always surprised by that, too. At how, And it's, it's probably because we find dinosaurs here. <laughs> we have a lot of formations that have them, yeah. with, complete with layered rocks. It's kind of hard to say that that's not act like people still do but it's kind of hard to dispute it here well which is why whenever people do i kind of roll my eyes and face palm yeah me too but uh back to supersaurus this yes. fucker is huge I would hope with the, with the name Super. So it reached estimated lengths between 108 and 112 feet and weighed between 35 and 40 short tons. While not the heaviest dinosaurs, it's among the longest, only being dwarfed by Barosaurus lentus and Marapunosaurus fragilimus. Fragilimus. This <laughs> is the dinosaur that Bern- Bernadette Peters will be playing. And she is going to be joined by another large sauropod who isn't large when we see him in this film to the point where he's called shorty 
<laughs> this dinosaur is a Brachiosaurus. Uh, Brachiosaurus is in the clade held within Neosauropoda called Titanosauriform, which is nested <laughs> within Macronarian. Uh, this clade within a clade is named for the large nasal openings in the skull, which is something that gives Brachiosaurus that unique-looking head. It's in the family Brachiosauridae, which also holds giants like Giraffa Titan. Brachiosaurus was discovered in Fruta, Colorado in 1900. Uh, this dinosaur is, like other members of its clade, a big dino, and at the time of its discovery, Brachiosaurus altothorax, named for the weirdly long arms, was considered the largest dinosaur. Um, at lengths between 59, 59 and 69 feet, and a height between 30 and 43 feet, this was a tall dinosaur, but not nearly the length of Sue up there. They weighed at most 37.5 short tons, um, but there's kind of a wide variation on this because we don't have as much of the type species as we should. So all of the estimates are from subspecies and related dinosaurs that are more complete, such as Giraffa Titan. Um, like I said, the thing you'll probably recognize the most about this dinosaur are the enlarged nasal openings on the skull that kind of look like an arch on the mm -hmm. top of the head. And that could have been used for better better sense of smell, or it could have been used for ornamentation, but we don't have any preserved soft tissues, so from what I could find, it's not 100% certain what that was for. I remember, sorry, you talking about that reminded me of this dinosaur book that I had when I was a wee little kid, and so I assume that everything in it is now extinct, like just about everything that was in it was extinct. But I remember they had... Uh, Brachiosaurus in it, and one of the, the things in the book that they had talking about the hump was that they might have crossed really deep rivers, and so they put their head above yeah. so that they could breathe and yeah, stuff like that. That's a very old theory that yeah. so many people like to hold on to because, oh, well, of course the nasal openings, and it's like, well, no, that just is a chamber. The nasal openings are still pretty close to where you'd find them. It's just that this is a airspace that could have held, who knows, an air sac that they inflate and go to <laughs> attract females. Who knows? Herber. <laughs> so, with Sue and our Brachiosaurus Shorty, we have another dinosaur that existed for a very short time before they realized that the bones from were from. Brachiosaurus and Supersaurus, and not its own species. So two of them died near enough to each other that their bones yes. got mixed? Yes, and remember how I mentioned BYU 9044? Yes. That vertebra in the, in the Museum of Ancient Life, uh, w when it was found, there was kind of this moment of new dinosaur. I know it's in an area similar to where Supersaurus was found, but this is huge. New dinosaur? And so the vertebrae was temporarily assigned to the defunct Ultrasauros, as was a rather large scapulocoracoid bone labeled BYU 9462. I mean, that is Soros's final form. God damn it. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> Warren and I have been listening to a lot of Knowledge Fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean... A lot. <laughs> Warren does not actually think any of those things. <laughs> Anybody listening at this point knows they that they should I know. know that. <laughs> I mean, when you argue, when you argue with uh, far white extremists as much as I do, 
it often comes back to Soros and the Jews. So. Yeah, and at least and you have Soros. ways to be like, aha, your your Pez dispenser is showing. <laughs> I, I have to make light of it so uh-huh. that I maintain my fragile sanity. Your fragile, fragile sanity. Like a crisp. <laughs> light and airy so that you get that nice snack. <laughs> um, but... So, uh, this dinosaur was described by James A. Jensen, who was first going to call it Ultrasaurus, but Kim Han Mook had already described a South Korean sauropod with that same name. So, it became Ultrasaurus. Uh, the size (laughs) estimates would have put this dinosaur as ridiculously huge, being 100 feet long, 50 feet tall at the shoulder, and at the most 180 tons. I.e., it would have been like a fucking blue whale on land, and or bigger, and it would have been in the same category of old estimates. And God, I am going to fuck up this name. I've looked it up so many times. I apologize in advance. Bruhothkaiosaurus, which is a big fucking titanosaur whose weight was called into question when they started getting more complete skeletons of related dinosaurs but it's still a big motherfucker. So they have the scapula coracoid and this vertebrae and are like, this is a big fucking dinosaur. And then they realize <laughs> that A, BYU 9462 is from a large Brachiosaurus altothorax and B, BYU 9044 is from the same supersaurus as BYU 9025. <laughs> so Ultrasaurus no longer exists as its own thing and is now a junior synonym of supersaurus. So when that one shows up, there you go. Not a real dinosaur. Are you following along, listeners? <laughs> I'm kind of lost, but that's okay. Kay knows this. So when I was a kid, I had this dinosaur atlas that I need to find because it was at the period when Ultrasaurus was still around. <laughs> And I remember seeing it, and then I remember seeing it get taken away, like as its own, or it's no longer its own thing. <laughs> it was whisked away. It was whisked away super quick. <laughs> to the Encyclopedia of Yesteryear. So, now on to our last two sauropods, Apatosaurus and Brontosaurus. But wait, I hear you cry, Brontosaurus isn't real. Well... First, let's do a quick history lesson on Brontosaurus and Apatosaurus, since this is part of this whole... This was fucking wild to go through, because I I do remember some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about a little bit later, but, um, and I remember when it happened being like, son of a bitch, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, so in 1879, Marsh of the Bone Wars is like, I have a complete sauropod, I'm calling it Brontosaurus Celsius, or Noble Thunder Lizard, and it's my OC, do not steal. (laughs) Now, again, this is the height of the Bone Wars, where these assholes are blasting up the Morrison Formation and other formations, so he's all like, this is a real dinosaur, and I know it because I saw it, and I have to rush out this discovery. And so for a little while, we have Brontosaurus. Uh, Then in... Uh, Then we have Elmer Riggs come along, who's one of the earliest proponents of they don't need to live in water all the time, you guys. You've just got a fetish. 
theory, <laughs> which is more popular today unless you have said weird fetish. Sex lakes. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so it's not a fetish, but I, I'm going to kink shame sex lakes. No, I like that joke. That's good. <laughs> but in, uh, in... 1903 he goes over stuff about brontosaurus and is like actually this looks like apatosaurus ajax which was first described in 1877 say my name apatosaurus ajax (laughs) oh i'll spell it out for you um and that the reason for that, or the thing that happens next, is that people are like, Noble Thundering Lizard sounds cooler than Deceptive Lizard, which is what <laughs> Apatosaurus Ajax is. And also Riggs was kind of like, uh, you know, Marsh is wrong, and that's not the most popular thing to say at the time. So even though Brontosaurus gets moved to a junior taxon after Riggs comes out and does the whole Brontosaurus isn't a thing stuff in 1903 museums are like fuck you (laughs) and still label apatosaurus as brontosaurus and so there's kind of that brouhaha going on and then in 1909 a skull is found by earl douglas who's like this is the right skull for apatosaurus we even found a smaller species without the head nearby and since this expedition was brought to you by the carnegie foundation uh he's naming it after andrew carnegie's wife louise um and that was a pbs joke i'm sorry oh (laughs) (laughs) that joke was made possible by listeners like you and went right over my head um and so the carnegie museum director william h holland is like hell yeah a patasaur skull and then other scientists are like fuck you (laughs) so to avoid pissing off the paleontological society the director of the carnegie museum leaves the apatosaurus skeleton there headless and i can kind of (laughs) well i can kind of see his reasoning because until this point like we've had the bone war shit with you've got the head on the wrong end of plesiosaurus and you've mixed two dinosaurs together i can see them being a little bit cautious about saying this is definitely a patasaurus's skull and they're waiting to see a skull with the articulated skeleton with it or at least the vertebra so the the reason that i'd laughed uh mm-hmm. was not necessarily for the reasons that 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 would make sense with your explanation <laughs> uh the reason i laughed at the idea of the headless long neck was because that was like, well, that could have been a Halloween-themed uh, Land Before Time <laughs> mini-movie or whatever. The headless long neck. Don't that, give them ideas, you know, Warren. <laughs> ghost stories that they tell around the volcanic vent while getting high on noxious fumes. And, <laughs> and that's that's how they, they hallucinate, seeing the real uh, headless dinosaur. Oh, fucking Christ. <laughs> um, so, then... So, like I said, it's headless until 1934 when William H. Holland dies and the museum puts a Camasaurus head. Or a Camarasaurus head. Just fuck it. Just put it up there. Yeah, just put it on there. (laughs) Give it a head. It's unsightly without it. It looks awkward. (laughs) And it's it's kind of like they're going, well, there's not enough proof to... The, the Apatosaurus Lewisai skull belongs to Apatosaurus Lewisai, so, you know, what the fuck? 
But by the 70s, we finally have Apatosaurus getting the right Diplodocus-like skull because that's the family it's fucking in, with the correct skull finally being placed on the dinosaur, and it's the aforementioned Carnegie uh, study one, on October 20th, 1979. And that should put Brontosaurus, or that should put Apatosaurus shit to rest for a little bit, right? Well... <laughs> First off, in 2011, we get another Apatosaurus discovery with an articulated skull and vertebra that kind of lets you know, oh, okay, so this skull definitely belongs to Apatosaurus lewisi, not Apatosaurus ajax, which is the type species. Because they find the skull with the neck bones, and it matches ajax, not lewisi. So, there's that. So for much of the 20th century, there's not too much debate about Brontosaurus via Patasaurus outside of trying to get the public to use the right fucking name, save for Robert T. Backer, who's a brilliant dude, um, and it, he seeing him kind of being, I'm not so sure about this, does make me question things. Um, he, he thinks that there's enough differences between Apatosaurus ajax and Apatosaurus excelsius, formerly Brontosaurus excelsius, um, that they should be two different genuses. And in 2015, we end up with a study on diplodocoids done by Emmanuel Schopp, Octavio Mateus, and Roger Benson, which brought all of this back into focus. So they take 81 different specimens and believe they found enough differences between Apatosaurus ajax and Apatobronto excelsus to say, yeah, these are two different genera, as well as like taking a few other dinosaurs that have been in uh, the Apatosaurus uh, group or other clades around it and going, okay, that goes into Brontosaurus too. And one of the things that they point out is that Apatosaurus ajax is a beefier dinosaur than Excelsus, which does kind of make silly that the thundering lizard is actually smaller than the deceptive lizard. <laughs> he just, he steps really quietly, and the other one's just loud. Boom, 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 I'm gonna stomp around and shatter my kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this isn't 100% accepted, though. And I found a really good response by Michael Diemek of Stony Brook University and Burpee Museum of Natural History that was published in Time in 2015 as sort of a response to this study. I recommend looking it up, listeners. It's called Not So Fast Brontosaurus because here he sheds some light onto why we shouldn't bring back the genus yet. I'll quote a little bit here because he describes in a way how the process normally works regarding genuses and species and stuff and what versus what shop at al did so he says the new study takes a non-traditional approach to taxonomy the science of classifying animals most biologists define a species as a set of individuals that can reproduce over generations grouped by their shape size color dna fingerprint and other traits for fossils, we usually only have access to bones, leading to paleontologists to define species based on a combination of shape and where and when the fossil is from, not reproductive potential or DNA. Reconciling these concepts so that paleontological studies are consistent with modern ones has been a challenge. 
The approach taken by the new study is non-traditional in that it, on it includes only anatomical information to determine a species, disregarding any other information. These new rules for defining a species led to the return of Brontosaurus, just as changing the definition of planet could be made to include Pluto in that category once again. And it's kind of like, if you're changing the rules to make something fit... <laughs> I, uh. As the words came out... <laughs> But it, 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 it reminds me of one of the more recent bits of dinosaur brouhaha that has happened uh, regarding Ornithocelida. Ornithocelida. But I digress. <laughs> I fucking hate that word. It's cool. It's a cool concept, but I hate the word. <laughs> That's why I still will say Cerician and Ornithician, because that word fucking sucks. <laughs> Cool word, cool concept, but I hate trying to make it come out of my mouth. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I'm sorry for me. <laughs> anyway, is Brontosaurus back? Is it just a slightly wimpier Apatosaurus? Or if we have a time machine, would we be would it be like trying to tell the difference between warblers? I don't know. But I'm ready to go watch a fucking dinosaur movie. How about you? <laughs> I have one major question. Yes. Kay, how, how was primitive man able to hunt these massive beasts? I mean, with just rudimentary stone tools and spears, how were they able to fell the, the massive earth titans? And... Oh, oh! Oh, he, he, sorry, humans and dinosaurs didn't... <laughs> sorry, I, I thought the Flintstones was a documentary. Oh, uh, Christ. <laughs> they throw a rock at him. Ah, okay, stones, yes. <laughs> a big fucking rock. <laughs> How humans lift big rock to throw. God did it. <sighs> and I mean, you know, if we want to be pandantic, we do live alongside dinosaurs now, but non it, humans never lived alongside non-avian dinosaurs. Sorry. Sorry. It didn't happen. But, we would not be around. <laughs> right? I was just, uh, I was just thinking about There's... that, though. Just the, the concept of, like, looking out the, the window, seeing the neighborhood, and just, if there was a fucking apatosaurus just walking just yeah humans no mm. no <laughs> nothing bigger than a cat <laughs> <laughs> oh i would oh oh many apatosauruses these tiny little 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 dog-sized long necks i would have so many of them mm. i would be the crazy apatosaurus lady <laughs> if they were little they probably could jump mm-hmm yeah Mm -hmm. They get up on their hind legs and bag, and their little and their lo little long neck stretched up real high. Mm -hmm. You'd be like up on your tippy toes, tippy up toes. on your tippy toes for some carrots. You're not supposed to have too many of these, but you're so cute. Look at your old pudgy. <laughs> oh, you're lumpy. You're a lumpy dino. Yeah, I I couldn't. <laughs> I I I should not be. I I I could not go back in time 
because a lot of the like really small dinosaurs I would want to take back <laughs> with me. <laughs> I need to find a microraptor. Where's a microraptor? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, you know, um, the end of Hey Arnold with like. There's an episode of Hey Arnold that ends with the pigeon man getting carried away by all of his pigeons. You've told me about that. <laughs> that I would be me. <laughs> you would be the crazy dino person. Yep, I would be the crazy dino person. I mean, I don't know that Micro Raptor necessarily had fully powered flight. I'd need to look and see what the consensus is on that now. But I, I don't know. I don't know about that one. But I still would have all of them, cause they're like little mini crows. They're like little crows with four with like wings on the back, on the back of his feet. Back wings. And they're double. They're, they're adorable. Double anyway, wings. Double wing. Anyway, um, shall we go watch a movie with some dinosaurs and Kiefer Sutherland and our beloved Bernadette Peters? Yes. Let's go. Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our Patreon sponsors? It is! Woo! We would like to thank our stage crew sponsors, Jeff, Reagan, and Jasmine Wu. And our producer circle sponsors, Jesse, Bianucci, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Feeling better for me is top priority, mentally, physically, and emotionally. They all work together. Talking about the things that we all may experience, but just don't quite know how to say, really opens up some new dialogue and perspective. That's the goal here. Sometimes you got to see yourself a little bit better and leave yourself alone because there are other people who see you for exactly who you are. And that's all good. We stay elevated here. But even Dr. Jekyll had a dark side. I mean, who doesn't love a good story to make the hairs on their arms stand up? I started to walk a little faster, just figuring if it was probably someone trying to scare me. It was like a hazing, but this didn't feel right. Night Owl is the hangout for those horror fans looking for a little bump in the night. Monday motivation, Friday frights. We like balance here, and the Bird Brain Podcast has it all. Take flight. Sleep tight. And now, the lights are going down and the music starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. Huh, so, that's a movie that exists. Uh, how'd you feel about it? <laughs> I mean, a little, a little mixed. Um, but I, I will give this one kudos mm-hmm. for being better than half of the ones that we've seen. Yep. Uh, it, yep. It has 
you know, I mean, which I guess it makes sense since it's the tenth one. I would say it has the best animation that we've seen so far yes. out of yes, all the sequels. Yes, it does. It has okay music mm-hmm. overall. Um, I wouldn't say that any of the songs are particularly good in my opinion. It kind of, I feel like it kind of falls in the same category as a lot of the other ones where. Well, I mean, th- this one is better. It doesn't necessarily. Yes. It doesn't necessarily sound like they were singing without the music and then yeah. just kind of put the music in later or vice versa. Yeah. Because you get the ones, the other songs where they're just kind of speaking their lines because mm. it's almost like they were told, just record it, we'll put music and, in later. And like, speak singing is a thing that people can do. Like, look at Rex Harrison in uh, Dr. Doolittle and in uh, My Fair Lady, how that's sort of a thing that some people do. I don't personally like it, but I'm not going to poo-poo people who do speak sing. It's just not my cup of tea. So while I will agree with you that that is a thing that can be done, would you say that that is what they did in these? They were trying to, and it sucked. Because unless you know how (laughs) to do it, you come off sounding like William Shatner or worse. I have some notes here written. (laughs) I... About the show. I will I will put this right out to the audience right now. Um, it has been a couple of days since we saw this because this made me have dreams about my own dad. So yes, this 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 <laughs> one gave K daddy daddy. Uh, yeah. So trauma. Yeah. That. So yeah. Had to uh, sit here and go sit with this for a minute. Yeah. And then we can go on. <laughs> yeah, fathers out there listening, be good to your daughters. Be good to your kids in general. Well, yeah. But... Be good to your kids, because otherwise we're going to be the ones putting you in a home. I will say, especially all the true crime shit we've listened to with, with well, I mean, I shouldn't say true crime specifically, but uh, it does seem like <laughs> bad mothers will fuck up their sons and mm. bad fathers will fuck up their daughters more than I would yep. say if you flip it the other way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, yes, just be good to your kids. Don't be a dick. I still laugh at the thought of, you know, my dad always wanted a son. And uh, it's like, well, you got neither now. <laughs> you got neither and both. You got neither and both. Fuck you. <laughs> Do we have any other PSAs for our audience or should we get right into it? Uh, If you're looking for Kiefer Sutherland singing, he doesn't. So don't worry. He also doesn't waterboard anybody in this. <laughs> that we see on screen. Yeah, that's true. He's He's been the leader of a herd of long necks for long period of time, so... <laughs> it was interesting hearing his voice because I forgot what he sounded like. Because, mm-hmm. not that I watched a lot of 24 or anything like that, I just saw little bits here and there. It wasn't really a show that uh, uh, I had interest in. Mm-hmm. But he's he's much more gruff. Yeah, you know, in that in that one, so it was interesting hearing him have a much softer, gentler mm-hmm. uh, kind of demeanor to him. It makes it hard to recognize his voice, which I I appreciate him for doing that because I kind of hate it when it's like, "Hey, kids, it's me, Star, that you don't know because you don't watch these shows. I'm here completely for your parents to go. Hey, it's that voice." I'm actor Troy McClure. You might remember me from such classics as... Yeah, exactly. It's all right. So, the land before time 10. The Great Long Neck Migration. 
Hey, we're back in space! But the sun is already formed, so no seeing of the forging of creation and all that. Except we do get to see the primordial Earth. And we know, because it's all molten and shit. And we have no narrator. We get the title screen and see a snappy water lizard thing. And then the narrator comes in with the usual... A long time ago, shit was weird, and these big thunder lizards were fucking <laughs> everywhere. And then some dinos eating, some other dinos fighting, and uh, some dinos dreaming. Specifically, Baby Steps, who is having a lucid dream and is making things fly around and having a great old time. Except... Some dark clouds are on the horizon of his dream, and a horrible rhinoceros comes out of nowhere and gobbles up his parents. <laughs> oh, sorry. My bad. Wrong movie. So, I love you so much. Love you. And I wish that that's what we were watching instead. <laughs> oh, that is a musical, isn't it? Yeah. That's a much better musical. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> So the dark clouds gathering in his dream and obscured the sun, and then the sun fucking crashes into the earth, and Baby Steps wakes up all, Ah! I had a bad sleep story! Yep, that's what dreams are called in this movie, sleep stories. And so are Baby Steps' G-parents. They're also having some bad sleep stories. We see them with their eyes closed, just, Trying not to be mad about sleep stories, but... You know, sleep story sounds... Uh, what does it... You know, it doesn't sound like anything. Sleep story... No. No. And it, it would be one thing if they don't use dream in oh, a fucking god. song. Oh god, right? Right? Exactly! Yeah. Exactly! Yeah. So, so no one... Uh, this is gonna sound a little bit bad. Uh, you know what sleep story reminds me of a little bit? What? Simple Jack from uh, Tropic <laughs> Thunder. <laughs> Oh yeah, some of the the choices of words that he oh, has God. talks it's about his head right. movies. Yeah, that make his eyes water. Yeah. I'm like, okay, the this is approaching simple Jack territory. Yeah, the, and I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna rehash my anger about bad xenofiction, but that's kind of what this it slides into it so hard. Uh, yeah, which it's, it's one of those things that's so frustrating because we had this with episode uh, eight with the snow. Mm -hmm. The same kind of thing, like had it with nine, had it with this, it's so it gonna have it with eleven, with twelve, with all of them. It's all, it's all downhill from here. And it's, it's so frustrating that they don't have the consistency, you know, because mm -hmm. like you said, they say dream in a, in one of their songs. Yeah. But then they obviously have a different word for what they call a dream. Yeah, they, they can't... It's one of those things that, especially because, again, we have things established in earlier movies with words so that they know that suddenly they don't know in a later movie. Yeah. And stop it. Just stop. Stop. Get some help. <laughs> you went into full Michael Jordan. Uh, yes. Michael Jordan meme. Yes. Ah. Okay. So after the bad sleep story, the next morning, the kids are running around, running around, playing and having God a gay old it. time. Ducky is chasing baby steps, but can't catch him. Then she chases Petrie, but can't catch him. Then she smashes into Fag and knocks herself out. She then tries to get Sarah, who tells her to fuck off because she's eating. <laughs> Don't bother me. 
I'm eating. <laughs> 90s kids might get that. You know, those commercials were hell for me. Why? Eating noises. Oh my god, you are absolutely right. Even I thought they were a bit much. Like, I don't have mm-hmm. the misphonia that you do. Mm-hmm. But even I thought they were a bit much. Yeah, it, it was it was hell. It was absolute hell. And I wanted to grab a pencil and just jam them <laughs> into my ears. But and I have couldn't. a meat in the middle. Yes, basically. <laughs> That's what misophonia feels like. Yeah. So uh, Sarah tells Ducky to fuck off because she's eating. Ducky and Baby Steps resume their playing until Baby Steps decides to have a staring contest with the sun. And he falls into a (laughs) trance, or something, and is pulled away from the group, mesmerized by the sun. It's frying his goddamn brain. Anyways, the other dino kids and Petrie are like, What's the big deal, Baby Steps? You seem like you're tripping out, frying your brain and all. Baby Steps comes out of his fugue state and tries to explain that something about the the sun, or, or a great circle, mm-hmm. was in his sleep story. And Sarah is like, sleep stories are dumb and for babies who are also dumb. And the sleep story, uh, and the others uh, talk about their sleep stories mm-hmm. and the fun that they have in them. Baby Steps tells Sarah that in his sleep story, he saw her, Sarah, crack a boulder in half with her mighty charge. And Sarah is like, well, I'm awesome, so I can do that in real life. And tries, and fails, and breaks her skull. Sarah then leaves the group saying that she has a headache. <laughs> I will say I actually did like that bit. Mm-hmm. That little bit there, though, just Sarah being like, this fantasy image that you had of me sounds pretty great. Yeah. Let me show you how great I am. And then fails, and is just like... She just basically, she does the Sarah version of uh, slinking away with her tail between her legs. Just yes. like, I'm good. Like, we'll sleep this off like a bad hangover. Yeah. And what's funny about that, too, is that it's like, Sarah, no wonder you're so grumpy all the time. <laughs> if you haven't dreamt this whole time, you know, are you not getting the REM uh, stages? You know, maybe that's why I'm so fucking weird. As we've talked before, I don't I don't dream very often, mm-hmm. so I, I must not be getting deep enough sleep. Uh-oh. Oh, hey, Steven. Hi, buddy. Oh, and just right oh, up into God. right up into Kay's lap. Oh, God, buddy. He's Hi. like, I'm here to rub my drool face all over yeah, you while you, you do are. your podcast. You are. So, after Sarah's broken ego, baby steps back. <laughs> Steven, don't rub into the mic. <laughs> After Sarah's broken ego, Baby Steps goes back to his nest where he's talking to his G-Paw, and the two talk about how they've been restless and having vivid sleep stories. G-Paw tells Baby Steps that he thinks it's time that they go on a journey, a great long neck journey. Mm -hmm. No one else is allowed. Fuck all those tiny dinos. Long neck supremacy! (laughs) I mean, when you think about what's gonna happen... Which we'll talk about because I have some issues with that plot point. Oh, me too. Baby Steps tells his friends about the long neck journey he'll be going on. And Sarah is like, wait, so you don't know why you're leaving. You don't know when you're leaving. And you don't know where you're going. You're just, you'll just be leaving when you feel like you need to. And Baby Steps is like, yep, pretty much. And Sarah calls Longnecks dumb and is glad that three horns are not dumb. (laughs) 
<laughs> Baby Steps. Uh, Baby Steps' other friends think that a great journey is a dope idea, and the gang then sings about going on an adventure and all the cool, mysterious things they might see. Cause they're going to, cause they're they're going to go adventuring, adventuring. They're going to go adventuring, adventuring. They're going to go adventuring, adventuring. Are you ready to go adventuring, gang? Cause now I'm having an old buried memory of this song, and now this tune will never leave my brain. Except uh, I have to amend this note because because yeah, it did because <laughs> it did because I was totally off tune there because I don't remember that song because thank you merciful raptor jesus see and i've i've had other things stuck in my head he drooled through my shirt and <laughs> <laughs> you little furry how drool did, monster how did that happen but uh he's been storing up all this drool for you baby i god i can't <laughs> i can't remember the tune now because it's left my brain but i will say that it shows up when we watch the tv series Almost every fucking episode. Oh. You know, I was going to say initially that I wouldn't necessarily mind that because it wasn't a terrible tune. Yeah. Uh, but it gets old. Yeah. I would imagine it gets old real fast. And it's funny that when we were watching it, my brain was like, holy moly, I remember some aspect of this. And then between when we watched it and when we're recording, Steven, <laughs> between when we watched it and when we're recording now, I've completely forgotten. Mm-hmm. So, but yes. Uh, God damn you, baby steps. Where is an asteroid when you need one? <laughs> anyway, Telling you land before time 65. <laughs> you know, the only, you know, the best one would be, uh, will be uh, land before time 69. <laughs> I mean, God. they could. Oh, God. Then that made me think about that picture that uh, Tyler from Anamorphic Time Thanks, shared. Tyler. Yeah. That thing's li still living rent-free in my head, and it pulls a gun on me when I try to evict it. God damn it. And so it's always Chomper holding the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the adventuring, adventuring song ends, and G-Paw Big Steps is like, Baby Steps, it's time to go. And Baby Steps leaves with his G-Parents, and all the dino kids and Petrie are sad. And Sarah is like, that's dumb. He's dumb. Long necks are dumb. Who would want to go on an adventure anyway? And she stomps off. And the rest of the friends are like, We like adventures. And are all sad and shit. Onward, the big and see the big and baby steppers set out on their adventure. <laughs> Since this is Baby Steps' first road trip, he's like, Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> yeah. Are we there yet? And the G parents are like, No, stop asking before we kick you down this cliff. The long neckers keep walking and <laughs> walking and find their way to a swampy area, and they're like how about this swamp area? Do we like it better here? And they're like, ah, uh, maybe not. Jipa warns Jima about the deceptive deepness of the marshy water, and Baby Steps is like, I don't need, I don't think it's that deep. And he jumps off, landing on a rock and sliding onto another rock. Instead of falling into the water, Baby Steps is like, whoa, these rocks are fun to jump on. This is great. Nothing bad could happen to me. <laughs> And we see a prehistoric croc just chilling in the water. The way we see Baby Steps' reflection in the Sarko's eye, and G-Parents warn Baby Steps to be careful, but Baby Steps is too preoccupied with running and jumping on rocks and singing, Nothing bad ever happens to me. <laughs> and Baby Steps frolics and jumps towards Sarko, all while his G-Parents keep telling him to look out, look out. Baby Steps jumps off a log, and as he's about to fall into the Sarko's gaping mouth, 
or um, I meant to say ma. <laughs> I wrote down mouth. I wanted to say ma, so I went mouth. <laughs> mouth. 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 Then there's also a meow boy there, so maybe that had meow. something to do with it too. But then wham! A massive foot stomps on the croc and pushes it under the water. And then the Monty Python theme starts playing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's excellent. The camera pans up and up and up to the shadowy figure of a mysterious long neck who leans down and is like, Hi, I'm Bernadette Peters. I mean, I'm Sue, the Supersaurus, and I love stomping on things smaller than me. What's the point of having big feet if you don't smash smaller creatures with them? I love stepping on them and feeling their guts squish out like chunky mustard. Oh, I guess I saved this child from certain death, but that was more of a happy coincidence of me satiating my desire for violence. Jima and Jeepa <laughs> thank Sue for saving their grandchild, and Sue asks if she can tag along with them since they're all probably going to the same place, on account of the title of the movie and all. You know, that scene was an innocent scene in my brain <laughs> until your description of it, which reminded me... Of Crush? And Sue now has a crush fetish. She Sue likes to has a crush fetish. She likes to and on probably things. would have asked me on my not on my safe for work commission thread, "Hey, can you do this crush fit mm. for me?" I want you to describe the smell and the texture. <laughs> but which I did think that that was funny. That Sue was like, yeah. "What's the point of having big feet if you don't step on things?" I was like, "Jesus Christ, <laughs> you sociopath!" Like, I mean, I get it with the sarco because it was trying to eat baby steps, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, sure, you know, she saved the day there. The other thing too that bothered me about this is. Uh, the Sarko lives? Yeah, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have lived. A Especially because she does a squish, squish. Well, especially she stomps on him. Like, yeah. She, even if she just... Because you don't see him resurface until she lets go of yeah. him. Yeah. So, like, she outweighs him by a hundred times. Mm -hmm. She would have crushed a Sarko. Yeah. No questions. Yeah. She would have to pull it up. It would have been stuck to her foot. She'd been shaking it to shake off the carcass. Yeah, seriously. Anybody need a pair of luggage? How about some boots? Make you a have nice a Triceratops hat. friend, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the gang sets out, and it's not long before they are out of the swamp and into some grasslands or something. The terrain is different. That's what matters. Anyways, it's also night now, and Baby Steps is all tired and yawning as he sleepily walks. Sue picks him up and puts him on her head, talking about how she thinks that all the longnecks are probably having the same dreams. I mean, sleep stories. <laughs> Sue gives a bit of her character motivation and how she's always been the biggest and how she hopes that she could find someone bigger than her because she would like to have someone that she could look up to. Get it? Not like a role model. Not like someone who can inspire <laughs> her in her life goals. Just someone physically larger. Ha ha! Oh, longnecks, you giant balloon animals with walnut brains. Because <laughs> air sex. Because air sex. I love you. <laughs> yeah, I love you. Meanwhile, I will say I love Bernadette Peters' voice oh, acting absolutely. in this. Because she's always this, amazing. This is one of the... Uh, the highlights of this? Well, this, this movie has three excellent um, guest voice actors. Yeah. You know, because Bernadette Peters... 
Kiefer Sutherland. Thank you. And James and, Garner. And James Garner, yes. Mm-hmm. Which I forgot to mention at the top. Yeah, it, it wasn't until we saw him and he was like, oh, this guy, I recognize that voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, those three are all guests in this and they play their parts excellent. Yes. Um, there are more, you know, more other... Because this one has a lot of new characters introduced. Yes. A lot. Because uh, it doesn't take place in the Great Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the reasons, like, this this movie is better than other ones we've seen yes they they there's a lot of cool locales they Mm -hmm. go a lot of places there's a lot of stuff that happens and this one is longer than the other ones as well this is probably i want to say this is the longest at an hour 24 yeah i mean the rest are between uh they're less than two hours yeah the less the rest are under that because uh the one before this was an hour 18 with credits um so 70 minutes of fun um <laughs> but yeah they're it's it's uh it's nice to see them take their time yeah and, and not not rush the Im- the more important section like the pacing in this one is pretty well done yeah. it jumps it basically jumps back and forth between baby steps and the herd and then the 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 Great Valley gang trying to catch up, which yes. I haven't gotten there, but spoiler. <laughs> but um, a movie like this, all it does is it serves to remind me that all the ones that we don't like could have been better. Mm-hmm. That's every single time. That's what it does is it goes, hey, look at this. They got more actors to mm-hmm. in it. They have excellent animation. They took their time mm-hmm. with it. You know, it just, it seems like there's more TLC with it than with other ones. You had the power within you all along to make a good movie. All you had to do was give a fuck. You read my goddamn mind. <laughs> if you didn't finish that line, I was going to put it in there. <laughs> just click your heels together three times and say, I give a fuck. <laughs> so Now I'm going to float away in a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Now, bubble travel, that's the old, that'd be a good way to, eh. see, we need, we need to develop better bubble technology, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be more fuel efficient, mm-hmm. I think, depending on what the bubbles are made of, but you are subject to the wind. Damn you, wind! <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, back at the Great Valley, Sarah is having a sleep story, which I guess makes her a dumb baby by her own words from the earlier scene. Anyways, Sarah is dreaming that Baby Steps comes back from his great adventure and Everyone in the Great Valley is treating him like he's a returning king or some shit. Mm -hmm. They're throwing flowers at him and cheering his name. Sarah's shitty dad (laughs) included. Yep. And Sarah's like, no, in her dream. And wakes up to see her dad acting like a sleeping dog and kicking his leg. I love that. (laughs) Sarah scampers off into the night and goes to wake up Ducky, who is sleeping on Fag. Sarah is like, I had a horrible, horrible sleep story where everyone loved baby steps and not me. I won't tolerate adoration of anyone but me. I'm the best. (laughs) And Ducky wasn't listening to Sarah and instead is trying to wake up Thag, who is dead to the world. Sarah is able to sleep lure Thag away with some green food waved in his face. And the gang heads to the only not dinosaur in the group, Petrie, who is snoring in his nest. The others are tossing tiny pebbles to wake him up, and then someone throws a massive clump of mud or it's something. It's a melon. Oh, it's a... Really? Yeah, or I guess not a melon, but it's one of the berries that they had growing on the trees that interesting, they knocked on Mr. Thicknose. Okay, interesting, because I missed that then, because I only saw when it hit him, and it yeah. had a muddy 
yeah. texture. So it was a very dense, pulp-heavy fruit. Yes. <laughs> it would have killed him. <laughs> it at least rung his bell pretty damn yeah. good. Uh, yes. And knocks Petrie out of his nest and to his death. But not really. Petrie wakes up and the others are like, Are you ready for an adventure? And Petrie is like, I'm always ready. Me always ready. Me always ready. And the gang sets out, following the massive footprints left by Baby Step's G-parents. Back at the Long Neck migration, more Long Necks have joined. They're walking and walking through a desert, through a rocky mountain. We see a waterfall and uh, flat grassy plains as they chase the setting sun. The animation is quite nice here, but the scene goes back to the baby stepless gang as they reach the swamp. <laughs> they decide to hop along the same stones that baby steps did, and we see the swamp sarco lurking in the distance and preparing to ambush the baby stepless gang. <laughs> Sarah on the rock gets to listen to Petrie and Ducky discuss the intricacies of choosing rock A over rock B and the pros and cons between them. <laughs> the Sarko, who is pretending to be a rock and hoping to ambush the children, is getting frustrated with the conversation and decides to break stealth and lunge at the babies. I fucking love that. That was a good comedic moment. <laughs> it actually was. Because the Sarko doesn't talk at all. All you do is you see its eyes like open and just like you see its brow, you know, uh, furrow as it's mm. just like, ah. Like, see its, its eye roll. Its eye roll because it's waiting for them to step on it so it can just open its mouth and grab them. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so. Uh, so it breaks stealth and lunges at the babies, knocking them into the water and making big splashes. Petrie gets covered in goo and flaps around in a panic. The Sarko gently closes its mouth around Petrie as he <laughs> dies. For now. For now. Meanwhile, Sarah's oh horn... For now. <laughs> Sarah's horn is stuck in a tree, and as she breaks free, she breaks the tree, and the dead tree snaps in half and falls into the water hitting the Sarko and making it spit out Petrie, who is alive, I guess. The Sarko pinned under the water by the tree, and the baby stepless gang flees to safety. We see the Sarko free itself and look very pissed since it's failed to eat children twice. <laughs> the Cabal will not be pleased with its failure. <laughs> Meanwhile... Meanwhile... After the Baby Stepless gang escapes, we go back to Baby Steps and the Long Necks. Baby Steps wakes up from a nappy nap on G-Paw's back and sees every, uh, even more Long Necks. They're all walking through a dense jungle forest and Baby Steps is like, Whoa! G-Paw stops and Baby Steps asks the 20 questions of, Where are we? Are we here? Is that our sharp tooth? And G-Paw asks Sue to give Baby Steps a boost. Baby Steps, elevated, runs up a dense canopy of trees and peeks above the top, seeing a flat mountain in the horizon and more long necks heading towards it. Yelling down to the others that, uh, yelling down to the others, he tells them that he thinks they're here. Yay! Back at the Baby Stepless gang, Sarah rouses the troops to set out, and they're like, "We're tired. We have to. Why? Why do we have to go now?" And Sarah is like. Duh, we're trying to catch up to the long necks. And Sarah yells at Thag to wake the fuck up. They're all near Boulder. They're all they're all near a boulder. <laughs> and they hear the rumbling. They then realize that they've been sleeping next to a sharp tooth. How do you not know? Right? 
And when they all yell in fear of the realizing of where they are, we get a brief chase scene of the kids running away from certain death. They hide in a hole, and then a kind old long neck pokes his head into the hole to be like, Y'all can come out now. That dumb as fuck shark tooth was fooled by you hiding in this here hole. <laughs> and the kind, gentle giant asks the kids, the kiddos if they will be okay. And Sarah is like, Yeah, I'm a three horn. I can handle anything. <laughs> and the kind long neck is like, Ha ha, okay then, I'll be on my way. And as he walks away, the others are like, Uh... Sarah, you don't speak for us. Which leads me to assume that they'll follow that long neck to the others. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back at the great long neck migration, that flat mountain I mentioned is, uh, not a mountain. It's a crater. And inside the crater is another great valley. But we'll call it the great crater instead. <laughs> and inside is a long neck convention. We see Sue walking around looking sad at all the shorter, inferior long necks. Ah! Until she bumps into a long neck even bigger than her. And she's like, oh, oh my, what a tall long neck you are. And he's like, well, hello there, little lady. And Sue just swoons over him right there. And then he goes, poof, because he's not a real species. <laughs> Wait a minute. They just discovered that I'm an amalgamation of two different dinosaurs. <laughs> he just disappears right there. And she's like, fuck. Uh, we see baby steps walking around and falling into a lake because of course he does and all while his grandparents take a nappy nap after their long journey baby steps uh, continues walking around and we see a green baby steps who has a shitty look on his face this shitty baby steps decides to trip good baby steps and try to start some shit calling him clumsy and to watch where he's going Baby Steps and Shitty Green Baby Steps are about to throw down when Jack Bauer in dinosaur form <laughs> comes out to be like, Shorty, you little green shit, what's going on? And Shorty tries to lie saying that Baby Steps stepped on him on purpose. And Jack Bauer in dinosaur form is like, Oh really, you little shit? I saw you trip him. Do I have to waterboard the truth out of you? Because I'll do it. I swear to God I'll do it. There's a bomb in this crater, and I've got 24 hours to stop it. And Shorty comes clean to be like, Yeah, I'm a shitty little shithead. And Jack Bauer in dinosaur form makes Shorty apologize to Baby Steps before he stomps off to pout. Jack Bauer in dinosaur form asks Baby Steps if he's okay and introduces him and his dinosaur name, which is Braun. Baby Steps tells Jack Braun his name, and he's like, No kidding, they called me Baby Steps when I was a kid. <laughs> and they're both like, What an amazing coincidence, I'm sure doesn't mean anything deeper for the story. <laughs> but G-Paw Big Steps comes in all, Baby Steps? Baby Steps, where are you? Ba oh, Baby Steps, oh, I oh my. Braun? And Jack Braun is like, Papa Longneck? And G-Pop Big Steps drops the plot bomb that... <gasps> Baby Steps, Jack Braun is your father. Dun-dun. <laughs> and Baby Steps is like, No, that's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> and he runs off. Oh, God. <laughs> we cut back to Baby Stepless Gang as they search... Or, sorry, as they reach a raging river 
and they're like, how the fuck do we get past this? And we see the kind old long necks show up, show up all, maybe I can help you little youngins. Sarah is like, no, we don't need your help. And the old long neck is chilling and eating some green food hmm. while Sarah tries to position herself to jump this river. She leaps and almost falls into the river, but the long neck saves her. And Sarah is like, I could have made it. But the long neck, instead of just picking her up by the tail and throwing her into the next eon, mm-hmm. is like, since I'm old, I... since I'm old and I guess I have lots of patience, I'll be a bridge and let you cross over on my back. Once they all reach the other side of the river, it's revealed, to no one's surprise, that the old long neck is like, I feel it in my bones that I need to go this way. And the others are like, I guess we'll follow you. <laughs> yeah. The scene cuts back to Baby Steps, who is moping and all sad. And Jack Braun comes up to be like, Son, we need to talk. And Baby Steps is sad all, Where were you? Why did you disappear? And Jack <laughs> Braun gives the recap. He and Baby Steps' mom knew they were going to have a hatchling. So Jack Braun set out to look for a good, safe home where they could live all happily together. But when Jack Braun came back, the big earth shakes from the first movie had changed everything. And Jack Braun couldn't find the nest or his mother. And he searched and searched. Eventually, he met the narrator dinosaur from the first movie who Baby <laughs> Steps talked to. And, and he told Jack Braun about Baby Steps' mom dying. And Jack kept searching for his son. In his search, he stumbled across that shitty green long neck and some more babies who were all alone. And so he kind of stayed with them and somewhat adopted them. And as they walked, they met more and more long necks <laughs> until they were a herd with Jack as their leader. And Baby Steps is like, whoa. And the two bond. And then a song, excuse me, and then a song kicks in and the two of them play and bond some more. Hmm. They play football. They do some catch. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, if they had hands, they would have tossed the ball mm-hmm. around, is what that scene was. Yeah. And the song in that, is, I don't know if that, I don't, I'm not checking my notes, I don't know if that was the song where they were like, it's great to have a dad. Yeah, yeah. and it's, I'm sitting here it is just the... flashing back to when I was a kid watching this, and I'm, watch, I'm going like, when I was a kid, I didn't flip things off. But I was very close to flipping off the TV oh, the, with the "It's great to have a it's, dad." Like, it's the kind you. of it's the kind of song that really needs a rewrite because yes. whoever was working on it did not even entertain the possibility that some kids watching mm-hmm. might not have a dad in the picture. Yeah, for whatever reason. And so just having a song that one of the reoccurring lines is "It's great to have a dad." It's just yeah. like. Well, just might as well just go household to household and stab children in the heart. <laughs> yeah, and like it's one thing if it's a parody; it's another yeah, thing absolutely. when they're playing the shit straight. Parody is entirely and different. saying those because, like, watching it again, I was like, yeah, if if this was a parody, fine, but it's not. It's it's aimed at kids, and ah, there's there's such an issue with these movies being a bit tone deaf title drop um (laughs) just because it's like my hell my hell do you not think about what kids like what different kids are watching this 
It's also one of those things that considering that divorce statistics have pretty much always been 50-50, more mm-hmm. or less. You know, they fluctuate, but yeah. it's always been about, you know, 50-50. It's mm-hmm. one of those things that it's like, man, 50% of the kids watching this are going to mm-hmm. have some feels. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's not bad. It's bad enough that we already get feels with, with Littlefoot not having a mom, but then having this and having the whole subplot with him and his dad, it's like... Hey, hey, kid, here, I'm going to stab you in the heart, and I'm going to wrench it a little bit, and then I'm going to pull out your heart on it and hold it and show it to you (laughs) on the knife as it's beating. Nice sound effect there. Yep. Consistent. Look at at those waves. Look at those waves. Beautiful heartbeat and waveform. Beautiful heartbeat. Mm. So, (laughs) the super fun playtime song ends, and we see Shorty, the green shithead, pouting. (laughs) Baby Steps asks Jack Braun if Shorty was one of the orphans that he found. And yep, of course he was. But while the other babies got adopted by the others in the herd, Shorty did not. On account of how he's a shitty little green shithead. Mm-hmm. Baby Steps tries to extend an olive branch, metaphorically, of course, mm-hmm. but Shorty tells Baby Steps to fuck off and hits him in the face with a rock. Baby Steps, instead of kicking the shit out of Shorty, just walks away. And when Shorty sees Baby Steps going back to Jack Braun, Shorty gets extra sad and walks away. Reminds me of some of the kids that I used to teach that, huh, that... When kids feel like they're getting replaced or feel like there's a threat to their security, they do, they will either go completely inner or they will lash out in horrible ways. And I saw both with students that I taught. And, oh, this this movie gives you so many goddamn feels. (laughs) It's such a mixed bag because, you know, it's it's one of the best of the ones we've seen, mm-hmm. uh, but it also still has some of those first draft moments. Yes, and yes. It's, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, you care. You obviously care more in this one. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> you know, it could have been in this movie instead of being in the Stone of Cold Fire. Mm-hmm. That everyone has some good inside song. That would have been perfect to put in this one. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, that would have worked good for the third movie and for this one. Yep. And you know what? Uh, I'm going to say it might be unpopular opinion, but I would rather have reoccurring good songs yes. than new yes. songs that suck. <laughs> Absolutely. It's kind of like, I wouldn't mind if they would bring back Beyond the Mysterious Beyond. Because they go away from the Great Valley, and you could have one where they go past the Mysterious Beyond and have them sing that. It would still work. Alright, so, back at the Baby Stepless Gang, we learn the name of the kind old Longneck. His name is Pat. And Get Pat, it? Because he's an Apatosaurus. Get it? Yeah. Get it? Like Sarah for Ceratops, and, and Ducky Braun. for Duckbill, and Braun for Brontosaurus. They're all puns! <laughs> ha! And Tops! Hi, uh, Daddy Tops. Uh, mm, so Daddy so, Tops. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> hey, Daddy. I need, I need a newspaper. <laughs> nope. Hey, Daddy Tops. Why don't you come here and top me? Mm. Run, uh, run through me with your three horns. I only have one. Mm. <laughs> 
That was a shitty Mae West for all y'all at home. <laughs> Who's Mae West? We're going to cover Mae West someday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so back at the Baby Stepless Gang, we learn the name of the kind old long neck. His name is Pat. And Pat is telling the kids about the weird sleep stories he's been having and some long neck legends about the night circle being jealous of the bright circle and the circles fighting circle combat and falling to the ground and the long necks putting them back up in the sky. And that's why their necks are so long. You know, that, that is a, uh, I wrote a weird note here. I don't have an issue with that. Because, it's a cool myth. Because it's mythology and mm -hmm. them trying to understand and rationalize why they are the way they are. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's some fine world building. So mm -hmm. the Land Before Time 10, good job. Anyways. It's a cool myth. Yeah. Too bad it kind of gets... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that. Uh, anyways, Pat is telling the kids these stories while they walk along a lava flow that has crusted over. But the lava is cracking and oozing out, and one of Pat's uh, feet falls into the lava. Pat tells the kids to run for their lives, but Sarah and Thag are able to help push Pat back up so that he can also escape the certain death. They all make it to safety, but Pat has a bad, bad burned foot, and he's like, This is going to slow me down. You kids best head on without me. If you head towards those hills, I think you'll find your friend. The gang whispers amongst themselves, and they're like, We're not going to leave you. And Pat is like, Aw, I'm glad I didn't just let you kids die. <laughs> Back at the long neck herd, Jack Braun is staring into the sky at the big circle. Like father, like son, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, and Baby Steps is like, What do you think is going to happen? And Jack Braun is like, Something wonderful. Jack Braun asks Baby Steps if he likes living with his G-parents, and he's like, Well, now that I've found you, I don't want to be without you. But he tells Baby Steps that uh, he doesn't have to make any big life choices right now. That night, Baby Steps goes back to his G-parents to sleep and wakes up his G-pa, who is like, We missed you too, but it's okay if you want to be with your father. We love you no matter what, and no matter where you are. We just want you to be happy. And, uh, yeah, that's mm -hmm. a sweet scene. Yeah. Baby Steps wakes up a bit later, it's still dark, and he walks away from his G-parents' snuggle pile, Baby Steps walks and goes back to uh, to his sleeping dad. But before he can lay down and snuggle his dad, he sees shitty, shit, shit, green Shorty leaving the Great <laughs> Crater. And Baby Steps follows him. Shitty Shorty is all mopey and shit and hanging his head low as he walks out into the wasteland beyond the crater. Baby Steps gives chase and Shorty is like, Oh, it's you. And Baby Steps is like, Hey, I know that you're all upset because I found my dad and you're an orphan and nobody likes you because you suck. But have <laughs> you uh, ever considered not being shitty? Maybe if you were not shitty, we could be like brothers or something. <laughs> and Shorty gives Baby Steps a smile and they both turn back towards the Great Crater. So I will say that part where, where Littlefoot meets up with him and he's like, you know, You've because they they kind of have a spat, you know, because like yeah. every time Shorty and Baby Steps meet, Shorty's always I know Bron better than you do, yeah, kind of thing because I've been with him longer, yeah, and uh, 
Baby Steps makes that point. You know, he's like, he's been like a father to you, so maybe we could be yeah. like brothers. And I liked that because Bron, or not Bron, Shorty doesn't say anything to that. Yes. You just see the animation. He just smiles. Yeah. And then they turn around and head back. And that's all that's needed. That's all that's needed. I, I mean, personally, I would have liked some type of audio cue, like, mm-hmm. you know, with him going, I would like that, you know, yeah. or something like that. But I mm-hmm. guess, you know, just having the visual cue is okay. Yeah. Especially since it seems like Shorty's character, he has trouble ex- uh, expressing vulnerable emotions yes because it, it's kind of implied that he was taking care of all those smaller long necks before well, we see that in the flashback yeah he, like like when bronker shows up shorty's you know acting like i'm gonna protect them and then bronze like oh, i'll take care of all you yeah but then all the little ones got get adopted. adopted which that gives he's having the old dog syndrome that happens with like it's like what Shay was saying when we were watching it, that he's just going to age out of the system sort of joke. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, that's what he's kind of up against is that he's past the, oh, look at the cute baby long Yeah, he's past the cute baby phase where, yeah, you know. And so he he has that wall built up where the only person that he trusts is the guy who runs the baby long neck foster care basically you know uh traumatized children adopting children is a lot like adopting dogs yes everybody wants the puppies Mm -hmm. nobody wants to adopt the older dogs who also need a home yes exactly so adopt uh, adoption is great and uh if you can put find it in your heart older kids just like older puppies or older dogs. All dogs are puppies to me, though. Same as anyone under the age of 20 to me <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> really, it's getting to be 25 as a kid. Can, Can you, you rent a car? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Can you rent a car? No, you're a baby. I'm sorry. Oh, look at your little baby. Little baby. Oh, make good choices. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> People know we're joking. But anyways, uh, so yes, so Baby Steps and Shorty patch things up and they turn around and head back towards the Great Crater. On their way back, they stop and they're both like, Whoa, my long neck sense is tingling. <laughs> Something's about to happen. And then, wham, Petrie lands on Shorty's face and they're like, ah! Baby Steps is like, Petrie, where did you come from? And Petrie gives the exposition that the others are near. And we hear the stomp, stomp, stomp of approaching dinos. But a sharp tooth comes around the corner and chases the kids. So, quick sidebar here. Uh This is a situation where we actually get acknowledgement that sharp teeth are big and heavy and might uh, shake the ground as they're mm-hmm. approaching. How many times have we seen in previous movies where a sharp tooth fucking sneaks up on somebody? Yeah, and I, I, I don't know enough to know which would be more likely that they would, like, they definitely would make some earth movement, but I think about elephants and stuff, and when I've been, like, when we were in Zambia, we did not hear the elephant's approach. <laughs> we did not feel the elephant's approach. We look in the bush and suddenly there's an elephant. <laughs> I will say one of the things, though, is that uh, these animals are much larger than elephants yes, in size-wise. Yes. But the other thing, I can I can absolutely, since we, we 
the best example we have uh, for how a Tyrannosaurus might have behaved is looking at like a cassowary or an ostrich mm-hmm. or even a chicken, something like that. Um, those animals can walk gently and quietly. Yes. They can be stealthy, so that is absolutely a possibility that a T-Rex could lead like with its toes and like yeah. manage its weight, like know how to stalk to be quiet. Yes. However, running or just straight up regular walking. Yeah, yes. And it it's one of those things where I'm like, if the Rex is coming in to try and eat these babies, why are you stomping? Why are you stomping, Rex? You've got you've got easy prey right there. You just you you've shown that you're capable of sneaking. You've snuck and up on every other one of these fucking. Yeah, movies. like of of all the dinosaurs to stomp, I kind of feel like it makes more sense for the bigger herbivores to do it than to have a T. Rex just stomp, 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 stomp. Yeah. All right, but yes. Yeah, so the sharp tooth comes around the corner and gives chase to the kids. The baby gang is reunited, but running for their lives. Baby Steps is like, what are you all doing here? And they're like, right now, trying not to die. Overall, looking for you, duh. Mm -hmm. And they run and run and run. Pat comes in to smack the sharp tooth away and tells the kids to run while he holds the sharp tooth off. Pat, with his bum leg, isn't able to do a whole lot and falls to the ground almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Sarah is like, we can't leave Pat, he's our friend, and the kids turn back to help. Shorty and Baby Steps smack rocks at the sharp teeth and distract them. Oh, so forgot to mention this, because we see it with Shorty initially when he's like by the river or the lake pouting. Mm-hmm. Is he's, he's doing the dinosaur equivalent of skipping stones, yes. but he's taking his tail and just whacking rocks and just mm-hmm. shooting them. And so in this scene, that's what they're doing. They're basically slinging small stones at the yeah. sharp teeth to, to piss them off, distract them. Yes. And I mean, it's, I would say that's clever. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think that's a good tactic. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but yes, Jack Braun comes in to help save Pat, and they knock the shit out of a sharp tooth. <laughs> Jack Braun is like, oh boy, it's all over. We did it. And then two more sharp teeth appear to enter the fray. And the third gets back up too. But Baby Steps' G-parents come down to help fight off the sharp teeth, all while the crowd, the cowards, in the crater just watch the blood sport. Yeah, they just stay up there, y'all. It's not like we're out... It's not like they outnumber the sharp teeth 100 to 1 or anything. It really bothers me. Yeah. It really bothers me. Because they're just gathered around the top of the crater like, oh boy, a show. Like, well, and like, they're, they're you know, a little bit of like, oh, I'm not going down there. And it's oh, like... Oh, I'm not going down it's there. It's like, you're fucking sauropods yeah. in a huge herd. In a huge herd. The, the Rexes would turn tail if you and all came down. Even if only the small ones went mm-hmm. down, that'd be enough of them to drive them away. So that's yeah. the thing that was just, we're just like, really? Yeah. You guys are in a massive herd. You, you have, have a fucking Amargosaurus with <laughs> you. <laughs> you have numbers on your side. And he size. Can, he can show that freaky uh, spine to the, to the Rexes and that'll freak him out enough. <sighs> but yeah, just keep watching, bunch of clowns. It's because everyone likes to portray herbivores as very docile and it's cowardly. Like yeah, and which I'm like, big remember cow? That, remember that from Jurassic Park? Mm-hmm. Cows kill more people yeah, than sharks. Yeah, cows kill way more people. Big cow? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> I'm not going to go up next to a big cow and fuck with it. No. Same thing with... Re- with uh, bro- with uh Yeah. Same thing with, like, sauropods and shit. I just... <sighs> 
it's one of my biggest pet peeves with dinosaur <laughs> media is they're an herbivore, so they're friendly. Uh-uh, they're an herbivore, they'll kill your ass. Because they perceive everything that isn't an herbivore as something that wants to kill them and eat them. Yes, like... Uh, I'm sorry. It You're just, good. It really bothered me because, and it bothers me every time that they portray the herbivores as these gentle giants, well, like we've talked or about, as cowardly, or as, well, it's like how the same thing when they talk about how the sharp teeth are dumb. Yeah, they're not very smart. It's like, okay, okay, come on. <laughs> Meat eater animals tend to be smarter than yeah. grazers, and they just... tend to take less risks yeah. than grazers. Like because grazers can eat even if they're injured, they just gotta yeah. be able to reach yeah. food. Whereas hunters have to be able to hunt and kill. Yeah, and if you have a bum leg, you're not gonna be able to chase down mm -hmm. your prey. It's why Shere Khan was so dangerous in the Jungle Book because his leg was fucked up, and so he had to do he had to move on to hunting humans. That's why he was so scary. If you have that with a Rex, fine. Have your Rex have an issue, which kind of is the case in the TV series. But they don't do that with this. They have these healthy Rexes that are just not acting like a healthy predator would. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> G-Ma and G-Pa, uh, big steps, knock one sharp tooth off a cliff, and they're like, ha! After all these years, we still make a pretty good sharp-tooth murder team. <laughs> and then they help Pat with his sharp-tooth by knocking it into Jack Braun's sharp-tooth. The two sharp-tooths in a failure pile decide to cut their losses and leave. Just in time for... Whatever is about to happen that brought all the longnecks to the crater, the sky is getting darker, and all the longnecks gather, preparing for their dark ritual. <laughs> we see all the longnecks in the crater gather and stare up at the sky as swirling clouds gather around the sun as the moon approaches, and we can tell it's going to be an eclipse. And, yeah, all the longnecks just stare up at the sky... And, and stretch their necks. And watch the eclipse. Sue picks up Shorty and Baby Steps and tells them not to look directly at the Great Circle. Which, I mean, they've already been doing. Yeah. So any brain cells their are eyes already fucked. Right? The gang is like, oh no, it's going to fall. We have to catch it. And the long necks all stretch and stretch towards the eclipse. We see the eclipse in full effect and a meteor shower too. And it's actually a pretty cool sight. Like, the animation and mm -hmm. stuff like that, it's it's pretty cool. The moon begins to separate from the sun, and the long necks are all like, We did it! We saved the world by pushing the big circle back up into the sky! <sighs> I, I'm just... I'm just... I... Uh, uh, I... Uh, I so, uh, so it's dumb. <laughs> the issue with it is that there's nothing to help them prove that they actually pushed the sun into the sky, or that now, the, or that it fell at all, even yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and it's it's, it's not <sighs> a good it's not a good idealistic reason to cover. The materialism cake of the of the solar eclipse. Yeah, and the thing too is they've been hinting at that like they've all had the same dream. They've all had yes. the same dream, and so when when at least from what science has gathered, when creatures have to migrate, like we don't necessarily know 
why or what they're feeling or what they're sensing. We just know that they have to migrate. Like, mm-hmm. that they, they feel it in their DNA telling them to go. Yeah. And usually, <laughs> well, I should say more often than not, migration is for mating purposes. Yes. So if they were moving to the crater to hook up, uh-huh. that would have made more sense yes. than moving to the crater because they need to keep the sun in the sky. Yeah. Because that kind of thing, it's like, how does that get passed down through ancestral memory Exactly. to be an important gathering event? And solar eclipses happen all the time and all sorts of types of them all sorts of types of them but it's one of those things that like for it to happen in complete effect in that location uh-huh. like it's it's it that would be a longer span of time yeah um but yeah they happen all the time mm-hmm. all the freaking time it's just whether or not they're in your vicinity yeah and like if if it was i i'm sitting here going what why did they decide this for the plot point, because it's such a weird... I, I I think it's even weirder than the alien dinosaurs a little bit. Because yeah. it doesn't quite... If you sit with it too long, it falls apart really badly. Just about anything in these shows. Just if about you sit anything. with them long enough, they fall but, apart really bad. Like, there's nothing to prove to them that they actually that the sun was actually falling that they were actually pushing the sun back up now if it was if they had instead like talked it up if you had more young long necks and that the parents and stuff were talking it up to them and like ooh oh boy but it seemed more like a tongue in cheek thing like the parents were in on it that would feel more like the way that a lot of human rituals go like well, with eclipses and stuff like that, it's more of usually they do that to, you know, an eclipse uh, signifies something mm-hmm. of importance. And if they would have had more mythology surrounding yeah. something to do with the eclipse, like, oh, you know, we gather at this time to do something. I don't to, know. It, to it's, commemorate it, even. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it, but at the same time, why would the eclipse have significance to them as an animal yeah. for their survival? Exactly. When migration is about survival. It's about yeah. finding enough food. You know, it's either about mating or finding enough food. Mm-hmm. And so it's just... While this is one of the better movies, it does have one of the dumbest climaxes. Yes, it does. That is animated beautifully. <laughs> yes, and that's that's so infuriating. <laughs> yes, it and is. It, it's frustrating, too, because I just, I, I get kind of frustrated when people do things that are supposed to have an analog to real life stuff, but they either half-ass it or don't. You do the research required to make it actually like work because it would have been better if the whole way through they're telling Littlefoot the story. Yeah, that could have worked too. And telling Littlefoot the story and reenacting the story, like you could have, you could have had some cool stuff that, like, oh, these the the bright circle and the night circle were fighting and the night circle pushed and then you have the and like a, a even just a uh almost like a, a stylized animation do an art shift for that that would have been that could have been better cool. instead of having it come out of nowhere that that's like not nowhere because pat mentions it but 
he's not it's not being told to Littlefoot who is participating in this ritual. And none you of the other dinosaurs seem to none of the others in the herd seem to understand it too. Because yeah. Pat had this mythology that he knew that is obviously an oral tradition. Yeah. But at the same time, you could have had a plot of it's like maybe the crater for the mythology of the long necks. They believe that that crater is where all long necks come from. Yeah. And so all long necks gather at the crater to, I don't know, pay homage to their ancestors. I mean, again, mm-hmm. my brain is like it breaks down to food or fucking is what it yeah. breaks down to. So it, it, I that's feel like the case with most animals like, and humans yeah, included. I feel like they should have gathered at the crater to pair. I mean, Sue does. Mm-hmm. She pairs off, but I feel mm-hmm. like they should have gathered at the crater to pair off or something. Yeah. But I don't know. It. it I, I feel like we're, we're focusing on it way. Well, because it's the climax. It is, it is the, the most important. It is the culmination of all of the events in the movie. It's a bit of a blue ball climax. Yes, it is. Or, I mean, blue ball is Because it, it makes me think about when we talked about like the Agungun and Galede stuff last year. Mm-hmm. There is a materialist purpose for every ritual. Every ritual has a materialist purpose. Even rituals here in America like fucking Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, yeah. And the adults are in on it. Or the people in charge of the ritual are in on it. They know what they're presenting. And then folks who are younger who haven't participated in the ritual yet, they get the magic and the mystery of it before they learn like okay this is what we're doing this is why we do it stuff like that like santa be good all year so that you get presents (laughs) yeah tooth fairy when you lose a tooth it's not bad you get a prize for having another tooth grow in Easter, Jesus laid an egg. Jesus laid an egg. And it was made of chocolate. And the Romans were so freaked out. Thank you, Reagan, by the way. That was the <laughs> best thing ever. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. We had a good laugh over it. Still do. Yep. I will forever think of Jesus laying eggs and the Romans being so upset. What the fuck is that? <laughs> just imagine Jesus in his robe. He just kind of squats and then gets up, lifts up his robe, and there's an egg there. They're just like, kill him! Crucify him! be even better is it's not like a chicken egg. It's like an ostrich egg. <laughs> Oh, we have fun. We have fun here. It's great because this is released after Easter, <laughs> like two weeks after. <laughs> okay, so Jesus and his uh, hidden miracle aside. Uh, so... <laughs> Kay just made the sign of the cross while balking. Um, so... <laughs> the best part of this whole anti-climax mm-hmm. is Sarah's line at mm-hmm. the end. So after the long necks are like, we did it. We saved the world by pushing the big circle back up. Sarah has the best line with, I don't believe it. Long necks saved the world. This is going to kill my dad. <laughs> yep. I I really wish we could have gotten a scene even if there was no audio. Just Sarah talking to her dad and just seeing his face like, just yeah, like, yeah. I would have loved that. As the long necks pat their own backs for saving the world, figuratively, and all hmm. <laughs> begin to disperse, Pat is like, "Well, time for me to mosey on." And the baby gang is like, "You should come live with us in the Great Valley." And Pat is like, 
That sounds nice. <laughs> we see Jima and Jipa Big Steps talking to Sue, who is giddy as a hatchling over her <laughs> new boy toy, and says that she won't be migrating back with them, and that she needs to find a lake real quick to have some alone time. <laughs> have some alone time with her new man. <laughs> Sex lakes, <laughs> which they have the grandma and grandpa at one point like, oh, let's go over to the lake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I didn't even make reference to that. Oh, man. Oh, man. You know, one thing that I thought of, though, there are literally no other animals in that crater. Just long necks. Yeah, you're right. So I don't know if... Do they kick them out? I. That's kind of what I was going to hint at, is that when the other creatures there... Because I imagine there's some things living in the trees and stuff like that. Yeah. There might be some smaller creatures that are able to kind of hide away. But I would imagine if there's any other dinosaurs there, either they leave because they're like, oh, God, there's a huge herd moving in. We better get mm-hmm. out of here. Or the long necks show up and they're like, this is ours now. Get get out of here. Yeah. But we've lived here for gender. Get out of here. Like, uh, the more I think about it, the more it falls apart. Because... <laughs> How did how does no one else know this story? This seems like a pretty big fucking story. Uh, it's apparently in their DNA though, and they just unless yeah. you're Pat. Yeah, Pat's the only one Pat who knows has the an oral tradition. Sorry, babe. Uh, you're fine. Sarah is demonstrating her hard head to sh- wait, 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 wait. Okay, yeah, sex lake. Uh, <laughs> Sarah is demonstrating her hard head to Shorty by bashing rocks, and Shorty is like. Doesn't that hurt? How do you do it? And Sarah is like, the trick is not minding. <laughs> Which gets a laugh from me. The gang sees Baby Steps pouting and go over to talk to him to be like, you just saved the world. You should be happy. And Baby Steps explains that he wants to be with his dad, but he also wants to be with his friends and his grandparents, and he feels torn, not sure what he should do. The baby gang gives Baby Steps a friendship song, saying that they will always be friends, even if they're not near. And Baby Steps sets out to tell the adults what his decision is. The grandparents are all sad and give a tearful, uh, give a tearful head pat goodbye to Baby Steps. As Baby Steps and Jack Braun are walking away, Jack Braun is like, "Oh, this will be great." can't wait for you to meet the rest of the herd back home and we're gonna catch up on all the missed time and do lots of father-son stuff but baby steps has to be like wait do you want to say something the herd back home i think that it implies that he lives with other not long necks oh maybe that's the only thing i can think maybe. of because only long necks come to the journey so yeah. i feel like that yeah because he's got otherwise you know stegos and three horns and other dinos oh yes actually no you're right you're right he does live with another with a mixed herd because that comes up in the 14th movie so never mind yes For real, or are you? Yes, I'm. I'm okay. For real, the a mixed herd comes up in the fourteenth movie, and so does Braun. He's is, not is, in it. Is but the fourteenth movie about the dangers of race mixing or herd mixing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, Jack Braun is telling Baby Steps all the good stuff they're gonna do when they catch up with the herd back home, and uh, Baby Steps is like. 
I know I was walking away with you like I decided that I'm going to live with you, but I'm a tease and I can't leave my great valley <laughs> life just yet. Jack Braun is like, but, but I'm Jack Braun, your father. You should want to live with me. I can't just leave my herd. And Baby Steps is like, yeah, and they need you, especially Shorty, because he's shitty and needs a good role model. And Baby Steps is like, when I get older, we can be together. Or you could not be living in your shitty home and could instead come to the Great Valley. <laughs> Don't you want to live in the Great Valley, Dad? <laughs> it's a valley, but great. And Jack Braun is like, maybe I'll bring my whole herd over for a visit. And Baby Steps tells his G-parents and his friends that he is ready to go home. And the gang sets out back to the Great Valley with Pat, who, uh, looks, uh, not too well. And it sounds like we don't ever see him again in any of the other movies. Mm -hmm. So, rest in peace, Pat, I guess. <laughs> after, after he passes peacefully in his sleep in the Great Valley, they throw him over the wall. See, I was going to joke that he just dies on the way back home because mm. he's got that bum leg. Yeah. I mean, he easily suffered fourth-degree burns. Yes, he did. Yes, Third he... degree at the very least. That is like a horrifying injury, too. That, yeah. Like, it looks they, bad. They animated it they pretty did. good. Like, they, without it being... Uh, grotesque. Yeah, without it being grotesque, it, it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. But, like, with that kind of burn, like, you can imagine it's going to get infected, and he's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, Pat's, Pat's a goner. There's not enough night flower for they, that one. They're... They're on the way home. They're just going to use Pat as bait for when sharp teeth are coming after him. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Pat. You're slowing us down. But at least you'll live on in their death kit. And like... <laughs> Anyways, we see Jack Braun scooping up Shorty to have him ride on his head. And the Great Valley gang walking off towards their home. The end. Roll credits. Yay! So... That one, that movie, The Land Before Time 10, The Great Long Neck Migration, was not the worst of oh, what no. we have reviewed. Uh, not the best. No. But, you know, it had some serious good points mm -hmm. to it. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting slowly desensitized to these movies mm -hmm. because... Welcome to my life! Because <laughs> the... <laughs> The bar is so low that mm -hmm. it's just like mediocre is good. It's like everything in this series mm -hmm. is on a bell curve. It's it's why I tell you with some of these movies, don't worry, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's okay. I know that seven and ten are probably two of the best yes. ones. Yes, seven so, and ten are high up there. I can imagine that. Uh, we have reached the mountaintop, and now we get mm -hmm. to slide down on a frozen Sherpa's body. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Is that not normal? Is this because of the Everest article I linked? <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> I'm no longer impressed with people who go to Everest now that there's a queued line to take pictures at the top. Yeah, no. Uh, people climbing Mount Everest to uh get their get their i i don't know i don't know why i don't understand it i really don't <laughs> i don't know white people climb i, I don't know it, it's uh, 
Why? Why? But, um, yeah, no, we, we are, uh, onto one of the worst ones. Oh boy. Yeah, this is one that I have seen exactly once. <laughs> so, now, did you see it back in the day? or did I saw you see it back it? in the day. So, is this one you skipped when you were I doing your I skipped this one whenever... <laughs> I love that you were recovering from knee surgery at home, uh, trying to watch things to pass the time, and you got to this one and you were like, skip over. Yeah, fuck this movie. This movie can go fuck itself. Even though it introduces a character that I like, the, and it, yes, Cree Summer is in it, and that's a good part of this. I hate this movie. Can I guess which one it is? Because I know some of the titles. Is this the uh, Tiny Saurus one? Mm-hmm. I know nothing about... Land Before Time 11, Invasion of the Tiny Sauruses. More immigrants. Actually, <laughs> they've been... Uh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> they've been there all along. It's so... <sighs> <laughs> I love when you get so frustrated, you can't use your words. (laughs) (laughs) My hackles are raised with this one. I fucking hate this one so much. And I'm so sad that Cree Summer can't save it. It's like like how Cuba Gooding Jr. can't save the wisdom of friendship, which Mm. is a later one that... And another reason that I hate this is because they invent a species, but then according to the wiki, it's not an invented species, and it's instead a species that does not look like this at all, much like when they mess with... With the Gallimimuses and the rainbow faces? Oh, and with the uh, Therizinosaurids that we're going to cover later, which uh, it's Bipiosaurus, but they fuck them up too. So what you're saying is lots of dinos done dirty. God. I... Yeah. Next one is Invasion of the Tiny Sauruses. God help us all. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening to this episode as we talk about what might be the last good, in quotes, uh, episode of the Land Before Time movies. According to critics, they like the 14th, and I have some words for them. Uh, well, critics are critics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. If you would like to reach out to Kay and I, you can do so on our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There we have links to all of our social medias, our Twitters, our Instagrams, our Facebooks, as well as a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server, where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel. Please feel free to drop in, say hi, talk about musical theater, also, share the deep emotional scars that you have regarding the Land Before Time uh, cinematic universe. It's it's becoming a support group, <laughs> mostly for me. <laughs> uh, if you would like to do a dark ritual to save Tone Deaf from the Bright Circle and the Night Circle fighting, then what you can do is go to iTunes and click on those stars and give us five stars and write a review. Tell us your favorite dinosaur. Tell us that you are Team Bright Circle or tell us your Team Night Circle. 
Either one. It really helps us out. You can also do this on Podchaser, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Reviews really do keep the show uh, going and going up the charts, and it really does help out. If you want to go above and beyond that, though, you can do that by going to our Patreon, which is Tone Deaf Musical. There you can get bonus episodes. You can get your name read on the show. You can have us read a special message, like a birthday greeting, or something like that. If you want a tangible way of saying, I love Tone Deaf, you can go to our T Public store, which is also Tone Deaf Musical and is linked on our website. Thank you, Kay. You're welcome, I think. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for supporting us through these trying times. But that'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been... Tone deaf. Chicken uh, time. Speaking of dinosaurs, gonna go eat a dinosaur. Okay?